will love it if we beat them. Love it. I'm a special one. He is immature, abstract, and a little bit unpleasant. Sounds of music can mean only one thing all out attack on our Monday evening for our post weekend show. So, look back on the weekend that was. I'm delighted to join by my regular co host this evening, Owen Fitzpatrick, and a new addition to the team, Keith Corrigan. You may remember was here for a special guest appearance a couple of weeks ago. Keith, you're very welcome to the show. Everything going pretty good for you. Waterford, as we're going to get onto the show in a while, going very well. And of course, Arsenal as well are now actually winning games, only the last time you're on the show with us. Cheers, thanks for that. Thanks for inviting me. I actually, I actually got to uh, watch the game yesterday, but we'll get more to that on the, the Across the Water segment. But yeah, things are good. Things are good. And uh, thanks for having me on again. It was a strenuous medical, but uh, I did pass it from now on. Well, how happy are you to have Keith on board, a good friend of ours from our college days in Belly Farm? It's, it's a good sign. And yeah, I think he's going to really wait to the team, so definitely good to have him on board, yes. We'll start the show by looking back on the weekend that was in the League of Ireland. A lot of drama, particularly in the Premier Division this weekend particularly between that Warford Cork game and Dundalk Shamrock Rovers game and of course we'll have an interview as well with uh, former Bowles and Bray player and now current Bluebell player Andy McNulty just talk about his career and I suppose the rapid uh, growth in the standard of the Leinster League over the last while it was a very good first half of their double header for the women's team when they got three points against Slovakia on Friday night and now we'll have the big task of taking on European champions Holland tomorrow night in Tallis Stadium. So look ahead to that. And then we'll finish up with our segment of Denver Cross Water. It'll be interesting weekend for Irish players across the channel. A lot of them making the score sheet. A couple of them as well. Uh, weekends kind of to forget for their respective clubs. But we'll start with the League of Ireland. And I suppose the biggest thing that's been coming out from Friday's games over the last three days has been Waterford's victory against Cork. And that victory as well for Dundalk versus Shamrock Rovers. The top four all going head to head. And I suppose it's now posed the question that now with Waterford's victory, they're joint top along with Dundalk. Are we going to have a new title contender and are we going to see Waterford now up there genuinely challenging with Cork and Dundalk this season? That's a good question. That's a good question. I just think there's no pressure on us, if I'm being totally honest. Like, I mean, it's, we, we, our first aim was survival. That was it. And now we made such an amazing start. And I mean, being Cork at home is just incredible achievements. And just from here on in, you just don't know. You just don't know. We're just going to take it every every game as it comes. Like, and you know, I know I'm saying a bit cliche, but yeah, I think we can be. I just think there's no pressure, so why not? Oh, well, I'm afraid to say we can make comparisons between Waterford this season to the Leicester City of the Premier League from two seasons ago. A team that no one expected a challenge for the title and are now up there and probably as far as people will still kind of maybe think it might fall away. Um, I, I don't know if it's that surprising. I mean, I, I think most people didn't think they would struggle, but I, didn't, I don't think many thought they'd be up as far as they are. I'd say it, was, it seems like it was a cracker of a game down the RSC. There's two red cards, so I think that shows the atmosphere. That, that was Four red game. cards plus both managers been sent off as well yeah. towards the end of the bit of the league. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's I think it shows that where Waterford are. I think I hope it's things uh, right up at the top now. There's three teams in with a shout winning, so yeah, if you're, from Cork, if you're a Cork fan, I don't be impressed, but that would be points that they would have been looking to pick up, but yeah. 
All things go down to Waterford, not most things. And do you think the fact that Waterford, their first season back up from the Premier Division, have hit their challenge this season, we'll have to ask questions to Sharon Grovers because over the last couple of years, I think you could just press the play button on a recorder with Sharon Grovers. Young team in transition, it's going to take time. This isn't quite our season. And yet it's the same thing over and over again with them. And again, another big game, another chance them to prove their credentials against Dundalk. Yes, I know a couple of goalkeeping mistakes from Kevin Horgan, but overall, I just didn't feel they did enough to warrant anything from that game against Dundalk Friday evening. Yeah, I think, um, I think Rovers fans will be kind of perplexed you know scratching their heads because they have great facilities themselves they have a good budget they have good players young players experienced players then you look at Waterford they're really up to stand to their facilities they have good players good crowds I mean and look how they're doing their first season up Rovers has been you know there there about the last few years and it is, it is a strange one. I, mean, I wonder how Waterford are doing that Rovers aren't you know it's, it's strange now you think that Rovers were going to be the club because they got that Europa League money that they they were going to dominate like from there for the next couple of seasons, but it hasn't quite happened. Like, and it is weird. It is weird that that hasn't happened for whatever reason. Like, so it, it, I don't know what's the difference in what Waterford are doing this season or what Rovers aren't. But I think it's just even just small margins. I just I just think it's more just just confidence. I think more than anything else, of what's happening on the pitch rather than anything else really. I just think Waterford have the confidence, and again, there's no real pressure on the markets, more pressure on Rovers on the pitch. I think um, yeah, I think it's a big thing to do with the pressure. I, I think there was um, people expected Waterford to, to do okay, but not not challenge, and that's what that's what it looks like at the minute. I think it is a thing with pressure. Rovers have all that um, have all that history behind them. They've they've a big fan base. They're arguably the biggest club in Ireland throughout history, generally speaking. You know, hard to say that, but they generally have been. So I think I think the pressure thing is definitely I think that. That definitely plays a part anyway. Yeah, we mentioned Rovers in general this season consistently against a lot of smaller teams. They do seem to have that. And while I did say they just didn't quite do enough Friday night to warrant up in the game, overall in general though, they did play quite well. You know, they were unlucky not to get an equalizer in the end when Graham Burke shot was tipped on the bar. Tried to play football in a good manner. In overall, what was actually a very entertaining game between Dundalk and Rovers. So that's the top end of the league. Down the bottom end of the league, things are becoming interesting because Derry now look as if they're going to be challenging the Europa League spot. Five wins in all competitions, 2-0 win away to Saigo Saturday evening. Both goals come in the second half, Roy Patterson and Ronan Hale. Pats, as expected, comprehensive victory against Bray on Friday evening, 5-0 there. A couple of goals with Jay Keegan, Conal Byrne with a penalty, Kevin Toner and Dean Clark, who's had a good start the season on the score sheet. They also look as if they're going to be probably close to the European places now this season than the relegation battle. So that kind of leaves then Sligo, another two teams, Bowes and Limerick, who faced off against each other Friday evening, probably batting for that playoff spot. And after that nil-nil draw, is it fair to say that's a result that doesn't really suit either team? Yeah, I think that, that result's definitely going to add to frustrations around Dalymount Park. For, uh, from all accounts, I hear balls going fairly well. And um, I think they'd be expecting to beat the likes of Limerick. You know. Limerick have a bit, had, had a bit of a mixed season, you know, and I think they're going to be fairly safe. But still, I think you'd expect balls to, to, to get a result. And I think the fans definitely would have expected that. So, yeah, just another frustrating result for them, unfortunately. The goals are probably under the same banner as Amber Groves in the case. I like, again... They should be doing better than they are, but for some reason they aren't. And again, it's probably just got to do now I mentioned of course they look like they're going to be battling for the playoff spot because the automatic relegation spot almost looks a certainty at this stage Bray another defeat and now manager this Dave Mackey leaving the post Owen oh, you were at the game Friday even did you see anything to suggest there could be any hope for Bray at least getting a bit of a kickstart to their season this year well without taking too much away from um, the results I look after, I know I'm a Pats fan so it'd be easy for me to say oh Pats are brilliant they're, they're always in the front foot but they won't be like absolutely bashed them I just think 
I think Bray before I had a lot to do with yeah. At the minute it looks like there's no hope. Things can change but you know they they got well and truly bashed in Richmond and it was you know, they didn't they didn't seem like putting up much of a fight at all to be honest. I mean, they didn't do much when they had the ball and they just seemed happy to sit deep and trying to see it as little as possible but never really looked like a score. So yeah, it's a good result for us. I mean we only had about seven goals I think going into the game. We got five in the one game so it's great for the likes of Conor Bourne to get, on, uh, get his name as far as you so we'll move on down to the first division and the standout game over the weekend was the top of the table class at United Park between Drogheda and UCD. Listen to this game live on nfmfm.ie. Um, first half was pretty even, not a lot to choose between sides. Both teams had a couple of good chances. George Kelly missed a really good chance, and Paul Skinner made a very good save for Drogheda. And Richie Puddy almost scored the contender for the goal of the season. He had an effort from 35 yards out that had to be tipped over by UCD keeper Connor Kearns. Second half, after a slow start, Drogheda really dominated. They got their goals through Garrett McCaffrey and Lee Duffy, and Connor Kane was outstanding throughout. Big statement made by Drogheda in this one. Yeah, it was, and uh, they, they really needed it because uh, they going into the game. It was going into the game and forward being a bit patchy. They needed needed to get a big statement. Thankfully, they did for them. So it, that could ignite their season, so they could get consistency to get promotion back to the Premier League. There was one game that fell victim with the weather in the first division Friday evening. That was in Bible Fair between Finn Harps and Galway. From the other three games that took place over the weekend, comprehension 7 0 victory for Shells against Athlone, a hat trick for Adam Evans, four from Davies Sullivan, James English, very, very impressive for Shelburne tonight as well. Nathan Murphy didn't cover himself in glory in the Athlone goal for a couple of those goals. Wexford and Cork drew 1-1 and Longford had a 3-0 victory against Cavan TV. Although two of those goals came very late in the game, so it was far from a comprehensive scoreline. Which of those results would have grabbed your attention most in the weekend, Owen? After we hit a 7-0 for Shells, definitely. Longford um, went 3-0 against Cavan, obviously, as well, because we, we thought that might be close enough. But, uh, yeah, Shells, like, t- times are bleak down in that lawn, anyway. I mean, it's never nice to concede 7, so hopefully they, they can bounce back somewhat, you know. Chelsea now of course joined top of the table along with Drogheda after this result and also as well it's the first time since the 2015 season they've now won four on the trot yeah, yeah. I think they'll be looking to get back up now you know and it's a testament to how close the league's going to be I mean we keep saying it but you really don't know who's going to go up so yeah it's exciting times down there I wish we could just see a bit more of it to be honest with you a bit more coverage you know that's, that's the only shame I think because it, it seems to be just if not more exciting or just as exciting as the as the Premier League season, so hopefully, you know, in the future maybe we can see a bit more coverage of it. More coverage the better, right? Because as Owen rightly points out, the first division looks very, very exciting this season. It's gonna be very, very close and we I'd love to see more coverage myself of it. So no hopefully uh, hopefully that'll be sorted out in the next uh, few years or so. Yeah, certainly exciting times ahead in both the Premier Division and First Division as we are almost two months now into the new season. Just before we wrap up on our domestic matter talks for this show, I caught up with former Bowes and Bray player Andy McNulty over the weekend. He's currently playing his trade with Bluebell United in the Leinster Senior League moment. Just to talk about his career in the League of Ireland and also as well the standard improvements in the Leinster Senior League over the last while. And I started talking to Andy about how he came into the to the league growing up as a young kid yeah obviously look growing up and, and playing um, you, you obviously want to play in the top division within the country so um, thankfully I had that opportunity um, 
it's it's something that as you're playing schoolboy, it's it's something that you always aspire to do, you know. Um, obviously, with having the opportunity with with Bray very early, um, I think I was seventeen or eighteen when I signed with them. No, I didn't. I didn't actually play any league games with them. It was a few years later that when I went to Bowls, they actually made me debut in the league. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, Obviously, had a few years between the two clubs at Bluebell and, and now I'm back at Bluebell. But it's it's always you want to play in the top division in any country, you know, and that's it was a great opportunity for me, and I couldn't really turn it down. You mentioned there about your move to Bray in 2009, and Bray, of course, are a club who are struggling both on and off the field at the moment. And one of the main reasons people feel they're struggling off the field is that there isn't quite the interest in County Wicklow in general for League of Ireland football that you would need more than just the town that the team is based in to get behind it. Did you kind of get that vibe and feel as well when you were down there, which is almost now ten years ago? And look, it was it was always it was a tough it was a tough situation at the time. I, I, I remember they were they had some good really good players at the time when I was there, some great experience from throughout the league. But unfortunately, they still they do still rely on the likes of um, getting skill boys in from 70s, 80s, 90s from St. Joseph's boys and, and skill boy teams around the area and unfortunately for, for one reason or another there was just there wasn't a really at the time a great demand for anybody playing within that within that team now all, 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 although saying that like we, we had they had some fantastic players at that time like Chris Shields Garrett Coughlin that they all were fantastic. Obviously, Chris Shields playing with, with Dundalk at the moment, you know. So those sort of players were there. Dave Webster now at Waterford, he was there as well. So they had, although they had fantastic players, but it, it was just for some reason it's just very hard to attract down there now nowadays, you know. Your next central league of Ireland club was with Bohemians. Was that kind of an interesting factor because you grew up as a as a Shamrock Rovers fan, Bowls greatest rivals? But when it comes to professional performance and joining clubs, the things like that just have to put aside and be forgotten about. Yeah, well, like look, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly say I was a Shamrock Rovers fan, but what I was was I was surrounded by a, an area, a community that was very Shamrock Rovers based. It's Sandyford where everybody supports Shamrock Rovers. You know, it was just a, it's the club that that the the Irish team that everybody supports in the area and all of my best pals, all my best mates, my brothers, my, my, my brother's mates, the whole family and the whole surrounding area were all Shamrock Rovers fans and then obviously when, when Bowes came knocking, it was a tough decision but it was a decision that I had to make and I was delighted I made it at the end because the rivalry, I got to play in the, in the, the, the Shamrock Rovers games and the abuse that we, we got or I got um, from people that I knew was it was fantastic I just enjoyed that sort of stuff in between your stint with Bray and Bowles you were Bluebell you're back there now they're competing in the Leinster Senior League and they're going very well this season yeah we're having a really good season we've we've to be honest with you we've, we've had a fantastic couple of years um, a few years actually since Sandy Newland has come back in he, he took over maybe this is his sixth or seventh season maybe at this stage but the last four or five seasons we've really progressed in the league and this year we've a fantastic squad speaking of League of Ireland we've we've a squad that can compete with any League of Ireland team we believe the players that we have are fantastic um, the coaching staff that we have are brilliant we, we would fancy ourselves against any League of Ireland team in a one-off game. The league is obviously a different situation and, and you know, your support, you're, you're kind of, um, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges there, but in a one-off league, in a one-off cup game, um, we've, we've faced Shermer Grovers who, although the scoreline was 4-2 to them, I think the game was a lot closer than, than uh, the scoreline chose. 
go back to Cavatelli, we beat Cavatelli, we were only beaten 1-0 by Pats. All fantastic good teams um, in the league. That Limerick we played with a weakened team and we were just about beaten down there as well. So it, it was we, we, we would definitely fancy ourselves with the players that we have against the league world as opposition, yeah. Do you feel that the gap between the League of Ireland and the Leinster Senior League is closing? Because as you mentioned there, he had great cup runs. Like the likes of Leicester have been in the quarterfinals of the FAI Cup in the recent past. That there is the gap is close, and there could be a Leinster Senior League team could be close to getting the League of Ireland license. Absolutely, um, <laughs> it, it it really comes down to finances, though I would imagine when it when it comes to a Leinster Senior League team applying for a license within the league. Obviously, facilities are a massive thing within the Leinster Senior League at the moment. Um, you know, they wouldn't be really up to, to the league standards at the moment. Ourselves included, we 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 look at we've taken um, steps to look into that that sort of thing because we had an opportunity to play Shamrock Rovers at home, but unfortunately, we just fell down on some of the smaller criteria that are required for the league to to hold the game there. Which is fine. It's understandable. Like at the end of the day, we're only a, an amateur part-time team. But regards to standards um, on the pitch, we, we have absolutely no doubt that we can compete with any team at any stage throughout the season. We have ex-League of Ireland players in our team who have fantastic amount of appearances within the league. It's uh, it's actually scary when you look at the amount of League of Ireland experience we have within our squad. Um, we've also got ex-professionals from. Um, that have played in England, played in Scotland, so it's it, it, the gap is definitely getting uh, tighter. The problem you have with is just the commitment that the League of Ireland sort of demands from players. So we will have players that just can't commit for one reason or another to League of Ireland, so they're happy enough to play at Leicester Senior League, and that that's the main thing. We obviously benefit from it. Um, but I, I do also think it's it's probably um, it's closing the gap between the Leinster Senior League and the, and the League of Ireland absolutely that was of course former Bray and Bohemians player and current Bluebell United player Andy McNulty there uh, Owen just interesting thing I suppose that came up from that is the standard of the Leinster Senior League he's full of praise for there he's mentioned his own team Bluebell who are going very well this year with a lot of ex-League of Ireland players and players that also played in England yeah, I mean, uh, the likes of Bluebell and, and Crumman have a kind of reputation of that. They're always solid teams, and they always have a lot of ex-League Ireland players or players that never really cut their teeth abroad. So, yeah, the, the standard there is, is really, really high. Even the management are generally like ex-League Ireland, so it's not surprising. I mean, the likes of Collinstown there last year, the year before, went on a little run in the Leicester Senior, uh, the Leicester Senior Cup. And uh, the likes of um, Shells, I think, were turned over by, I can't remember the name of the club, I think it might have been Arklow. in terms of League of Ireland clubs in that area of Dublin? True, uh, I mean like 
how many clubs can you have in one area you know like obviously you're looking at even a bigger picture let's say UK and London especially like how many clubs are in London can they facilitate as you've already pointed out the fans um, for especially around the local area like can they even attract enough like it kind of even attracts enough people into their games, especially like if there's like local derbies about. Like it could happen, it mightn't happen, but it, it's just they'd have to. We you know they have to like weigh up like the risk with the reward that they can try and get a license. Like it could work for them. I like to see more teams in the first division in general. I would like a big game is too small, but um, again, as you rightly said, like I just think um, it is a, it is a risk, but it's just you'd have to see like whether it's a risk or not. Obviously where they can attract all the people for the games which is basically the main thing at the end of the day yeah it'll be, we'll be, keep, be something we'll keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks or so and also just like to thank the lads again from the Domestic Ireland page for organising the interview and getting me in touch with Andy great work being done there by the likes of Stephen O'Connell and Roy Delvin in promoting the Irish League through their page Domestic Ireland we will move on to international scene now with the Irish team as we touched on the show on Thursday, the women's team have two crucial World Cup qualifiers coming up. One has already been done and dust. They got the 2-1 victory against Slovakia on Friday evening in Tennis Stadium. Made a little bit more hard work of it than expected. Took the lead through the second half through Leanne Kiernan. And then substitute Amber Barra came off the bench score first goal to give Ireland a 2-1 victory. This had come, of course, after Slovakia equalised through a mistake from Irish goalkeeper Marie Houlihan crossing the box. The low sun in her eyes and just didn't deal with it to give the Solvax an equaliser. But Aaron, in the end, as we mentioned, digging out that victory. Impressive performances as well from player of the match, Karen Duggan, and Denise O'Sullivan as well. It was a big threat, I felt, from Ireland all night, running at the Solvax event. A huge win. I suppose the biggest thing, although the performance mightn't have been exactly what Colin Bell had been looking for, it's just about getting the three points in this instance. It is. I saw, I saw the highlights. I didn't get to see the full game. I didn't see the highlights of the... Especially the second goal, like you know, the assist of Karen Duggan, I got to got to call that one out. It was an absolute beautiful pass uh, for the for the winner. Like um, yeah, I thought it was, oh, was going to be two points dropped, but thankfully they did get the win, and that's all that mattered in the end. But yeah, I, I do have to say the Douglas assist for the winner was a very very good thing. Oh, it'd be kind of fair to say that maybe Tuesday's game, tomorrow night's game against Holland might be a small bit easier from Ireland point of view in terms of pressure because there was a lot of expectation going into the back of the game because they're bottom of the group and we expected three points. Well, now we're going to the Holland game. They come into the game with a back for thumping 7-0 victory against Northern Ireland. But that might take the pressure off Ireland's mob and they can play a little bit more freedom. As they bet, um, so the Slovaks 2-0 in the first game over there, um, there definitely was a little bit of pressure and I think they were expected to win. Hopefully there's a bit of confidence there. I mean, there should be a good crowd tomorrow night. There was, there was a great crowd there um, at the weekend. So yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, obviously, but if they can get us as I mentioned, a great crowd, over 3,531 the official attendance, a record attendance for Ireland women's team at Tallis Stadium. Just looking at some of the attendances in general across some of the qualifiers on Friday night, over 30,000, 30,238 for Holland's game against Northern Ireland PSV Eindhoven. 25,603 people showed up to watch Phil Neville's first competitive game in charge of the England team as they drew in all with Wales. Over 72,000 at the eight games played Friday night. These are good signs and good signs of things to come for ladies football, for women's football, Keith. And uh, just even from an Irish level, like, uh, I mean, uh, I think, I think the interest in like in just, uh, women's games in general, like obviously the Irish women's rugby team obviously doing very well over the past couple of years and I think that's now has, has had a knock-on effect for the Irish women's soccer team and obviously the attendances 
obviously the Texas tell a story like and obviously they're doing well because of it because I think people, I think uh, players have always up their games like if uh, people are going to their matches and they can but Ireland doing, doing very well in their home games in Tallinn like yeah, I think it's reflective of that like uh, more people go to the games I think uh, I think it's better for the team themselves as well like so it's great to see and uh, just hopefully that'll keep on going just to push you for prediction both teams top of the group with 10 points from four games. As I mentioned, Holland come in since the back of this with a 7-0 fixture against Northern Ireland. One of their main players, Leah Key Martin's got a brace. She plays with Barcelona. The captain, Sherda Spitzi, also got a brace. And Arsenal's uh, Vivian Mia Dam was also on the score sheet. It's going to be a big ass, but if it's pushy, do you think we can hold out and maybe get another positive result like we did last November away in Holland? Uh, I think so. I think so. Um, it is going to be very, very tough. You know, we are facing the European champions, of course, but I think um, I'm going to go with a score draw, one all. And yourself, one? Yeah, I think we have to be hopeful. I think, um, we're definitely in good form. We've had a great start to the campaign, so yeah, one all draw. That'll be, that'll be a great result, I think. And I think the crowd will be behind us, and hopefully, hopefully the, the ladies can get us a good result, yeah. Yeah, we'll cite the later kick-off this time on Friday, 7pm, Tuesday and tomorrow night. Hopefully be a great crowd. And as we said in the show Thursday, come on, ye girls in green. That now brings on to our last segment of the show, Demo Crosswater, looking at Irish player performances in England, Scotland and possibly further afield. And we're going to start with the Premiership in England this weekend. Mixed weekend because Shane Duffy was probably the main fault for Brighton, giving away their goal against Huddersfield in a 1-1 draw. A result that still leaves Brighton with a bit of work to do, 35 points, their last three games, away at home to Manchester United, away to Manchester City and away to Liverpool they're away to Burnley now as well on Saturday so they have a good bit of work to despite the fact they are a couple of points above the bottom three well more positive news from the Premier League over the weekend Seamus Coleman one of the standout players for Everton in their 0-0 draw against Liverpool and Shane Long got his first goal since January but it wasn't enough to get to hand him anything from their game away to Arsenal they lost 3-2 in the Championship Alex Pearce has been a rarity for Derby this season but he got the opening goal in their 3-0 victory against Bolton and also positive day as well for the League of Ireland because former Limerick player Paddy O'Connor made his debut at centre-back for Leeds in their 1-1 draw away to Sunderland Paddy is only 20 years of age so hopefully he'll have a bright future ahead of him playing over in England in League 1 Graham Carey who touched on the show last week he's continued his fine form he scored the winning goal from a penalty for Plymouth against Peterborough 2-1 and finished in favour of Plymouth in that playoff six-pointer Plymouth now back in the playoffs in League 1 in their aim to get back-to-back promotions and Keen Bolger a native of Celebration County Clare he's the captain of Fleetwood who you might remember rose to fame back in January when Fleetwood held Leicester to a 0-0 draw in the FA Cup he was also on the score in the weekend but it wasn't enough to prevent a 3-2 defeat to Richie Towles Roderick who look very much certain for a place in the playoffs and in League 2 Sean Long a cousin of Shane Long he had a day to remember in Wembley yesterday he came on for Lincoln as a second half substitute and they were surprised one nil victory against League 1 opposition Shrewsbury in the final of the EFL Trophy it's been a fantastic couple of years from Lincoln FA Cup quarterfinals last year champions of the National League now the EFL champions and they currently occupy a place in the playoffs Oh, and you know a lot about Sean. He's only going 22. He's not 23 until May. He's a bright future ahead of him, and he's had a fantastic two years, as I mentioned as well, with Lincoln with all their success. Yeah, um, I had the pleasure to play alongside Sean a little bit. He was he was two years ahead of me at youth football at the uh, at Cherry Orchard. So I trained with him a lot, and I got to play about six or seven games with the seven games when he was there. So got to see a lot of him. He's a smashing player, and I'm just tough for him to be honest with you. You know, I saw him kind of hard he worked and the ability he had. It's been a good time for him. I think, I think the move to Lincoln, I kind of questioned it. I thought, you know, 
could he stay at Redden? You know, uh, could he, I think he has the ability to push on at a higher standard, but uh, I think now it was definitely the right decision. I mean, they won the league, the FA Cup experience, and then just winning the um, the EFL trophy there. I mean, that's a, that's a great competition to get under their belts, very competitive. So, yeah, and if they can get promoted then again, that's even better. So, yeah, really am trust from of course, good day for Sean yesterday. His cousin Shane, on a personal level, I suppose, it was very good for him to get the score sheet yesterday. Disappointing for Southampton with 3-2 defeat away to Arsenal. A game they probably might have targeted keep because Arsenal made seven changes from that Europa League victory against CSK Moscow. But look, the big thing here, Long scored a goal, and if Southampton were going to stay up this season, they'll need more from Shane Long. And this might be the goal that might see them have a good end to the season because they got an important FA Cup semi-final against Chelsea coming up in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game yesterday, and I mean, Southampton were unlucky not to get something from the match. Like uh, they, like we had a, like they were went to goal up, and they should have went a couple more goals up. Uh, really, they should have been three up really. And then um, Larson came back into the game, had a good spell, got it to two one at half time, and then the second half Southampton got completely dominated. Um, then eventually, eventually, then they got it to two all, but then we eventually got the winner through uh, Danny Welbeck. But yeah, it was great for Shane Long. I mean. If you saw, if you saw the goal, like Masaku, terrible defending, like absolutely terrible defending. But hopefully, as we, as with international and with club, um, that will reunite uh, Shane Long uh, to uh, score some score goals again. Of course, he has competition again because Charlie Austin uh, came back on as a sub. He's back after a couple of months out, like so. It's going to be hard for him to get in the side. But hopefully, maybe they play. Yeah, one of the more positive features I mentioned as well from our Denver Cross the water segment was young Claudio O'Connor, only 20 years of age, making his debut for Leeds at centre back against Sunderland. We've seen a couple of young Irish players come through at Leeds over the last while. Connor Shockley from Galway was a was a regular for them in the first half of the season. Ewan O'Kane is currently playing regularly as well with Leeds. And it's great to see another young player that came up through the league coming through as well, Owen. Testament to the league again, I think, you know, and play, playing for the club like Leeds, that's what you really want young Irish players to be at, you know. It's a big club, to play in the championship, that's where a lot of international clubs are. Yeah, it's great to see, testament to the league, it's great for Limerick, so yeah, brilliant. I hope a great way to end our Denver Cross Water segment, featuring a player we'll hopefully hear and see a lot more of. Just before we end up on finish up on the show today, we have to end up in yet another disappointment note because it was yet another disappointing Sunday for Lock Harps, knocked out of the third round of the Scotland Challenge Cup, beaten by second division team, a team at a division blows in Rahari United one 0 yesterday. Just wasn't to be. We gave it all the second half. We threw the kitchen sink at it. We left ourselves a little bit exposed in the break. Rahari maybe could have wrapped up with a couple of chances towards the end, but we just got to pick it up now and keep going for the divisional cup in the league. Well, as they said, next year, so keep the head up, lads. Well, there might be no luck for ourselves. Lock Harves are uh, parish rivals, Clunfeld United. They had a fantastic win over the weekend. They caused well, maybe a bit of an upset in some people's eyes, maybe not in other people's eyes. But they met Boyle Celtic 4-3 in Boyle in the same competition Saturday evening. Boyle reached the semi-finals at the FEI Junior Cup last season. So it was a fair achievement for Clunfeld. A lot of the lads from the Clunfeld team will also play with Michael Glavies, who, of course, have a big game now next Sunday, the start of the Senior Championship against St. Fowler's. But that's unfortunate where we'll have to wrap up our show for today. Thank you for listening to us here on All Out Attack. I'd like to thank Owen and Keith for their time today. Hey, cheers. It's always a pleasure, Jack. I've been Jar Brown. Well done, Office Project. I've been Keith Corrigan. And thank you for listening to All Out Attack. <laughs>